Welcome to Construction World's podcast. My name is Tanvir Padode and just like me, I'm sure many of you must be frustrated about being cooped up in your house, looking at the same faces, restricted to those four walls. It has been more than a year, but getting used to the new normal still feels like a challenge. It's safe to say that this pandemic has had a huge impact on us, both financially and psychologically. We have a newfound respect for space and privacy, which is why several property owners new and existing are looking for bigger homes. Unfortunately, not many of us can afford purchasing these huge properties and thus turn towards renting and leasing as a viable option. However, while looking for a rental property for myself, I came across the horrifying reality where my potential landlord could either discriminate against my gender, religion, sexual preference, marital status or barge into the property without prior notice, lock a cupboard, a shelf or even a room to establish ownership, cut off essential amenities such as water or electricity, refuse to accept or otherwise acknowledge proper payment of rent, deliberate destruction of tenant's property or even physically intimidate or give threats of physical violence. Well, luckily, there are a few things I could do to retaliate. For instance, I could refuse to pay rent, continue making noise and disturbance even after several warnings, or violate the habitability of other tenants, or even sublet the property without the landlord's permission, or even refuse to leave for as long as I'd like. Doesn't sound too ethical, does it? Well, thanks to the lack of a formal rental system and an absence of clear laws and regulations, tenants and landowners often try to bother each other resulting in a long fractured relationship between the two this is when the government realized that a change was needed a new structure in the rental space of india is necessary and a new model tenancy law is imperative in a discussion with mr niranjan hirandani the national president of niretco we discovered that he believes that the model tenancy act will facilitate unlocking of vacant houses for rental housing purposes it is expected to give a fillip to the private participation in rental housing as a business model for addressing the huge housing shortage the act will enable institutionalization of rental housing by gradually shifting it towards the formal market as per the 2011 census we found that only 21 million of urban houses were given out on rent conservative estimates state that as many as 1 crore houses are standing vacant for various reasons but a major factor for this is that the investor seg- sentiment regarding the lack of a formal and sound mechanism to resolve tenant landlord conflicts apart from a very expensive and tedious route of filing a civil lawsuit this resulted in a huge wasted of resources and loss of potential revenue for both property owners and the government it also resulted in a shortage of a supply of good rental properties causing chaos in the rental industry Many such ambiguities give birth to the new tenancy law. But before we talk about the new tenancy laws, I think it's important to understand the existing ones. It's no secret that the laws of on landlords and tenants in India are extremely archaic. These laws broadly discuss the rights of a tenant against first, unfair eviction, when a landlord cannot evict the tenant without sufficient reason and must approach the court for the same. Secondly, fair rent where the landlord cannot charge extraordinarily high amounts in rent usually the rent is between 2 to 3% of the value of the property including all costs incurred via construction and fixtures on the property and thirdly the right to enjoy basic essential services even if the tenant has failed to pay rent on the property 
The rights for the landlord, on the other hand, are highly subjective. For instance, the right to evict a tenant is different from state to state, meaning in some states, the landlord may evict a tenant for personal reasons such as wanting to live there themselves. Such a reason is not an acceptable cause for eviction in Karnataka. The landlord in most cases must approach the court to evict the tenant. Secondly, being the owner of the property, the landlord has the right to change rent upon the tenant. Since there is no actual legislation providing an upper limit on the rent, the landlord may keep increasing the rent charges according to his wishes. Usually the rent is increased periodically every year by 5 to 8%. And thirdly, the landlord may temporarily repossess the property to improve the condition of the property, alter the property in any way or make changes to the property. But such changes to the property must not bring any loss to the tenant or materially affect his or her tenancy. These laws have proven to be extremely problematic as it discourages investing in rental housing, renovation of houses and it also reduces the municipal tax revenue. Moreover, they are also the cause of extreme disputes amongst the two parties. But you must be wondering, why now? Why should we pay attention to this law in the midst of a global pandemic? To answer this question, I would like to emphasize on some very important data which was recently gathered by Track to Reality. According to a pan-India survey by Track to Reality, a real estate think tank group that was conducted in 10 major cities of Delhi, Noida, Gurgaon, Mumbai, Pune, Bengaluru, Hyderabad, Chennai, Kolkata and Ahmedabad, tenants in this country have a lot of concerns. According to this research, 82% of tenants admit to experiencing some form of discrimination and or harassment by the landlords. 64% of tenants are unhappy with the process of yearly contract renewals. 78% question the rationale and legality of a compulsory annual increase in rentals. 76% tenants in the survey responded with the need for a tenancy tribunal that many countries like New Zealand offer to settle disputes, provide legal guidelines and to allay the interferences of staying on rent. 56% of tenants have faced discrimination on the basis of food habits, personal lifestyle choices, birthplace, etc. After all, it is not easy for tenants to find a house that answers all of their needs related to space, locality commuting ease and affordability. Add that to the hassle of negotiating with individual property brokers and the added cost of owning a property. Once you shortlist a few, meeting the owner unleashes a barrage of uncomfortable queries regarding your lifestyle choices, friends, food habits, timings, etc. The ambiguous spaces in the rental process provide landlords so many more opportunities to intrude on renters' lives and make their lives miserable. As a result, it's no wonder that the poll shows that the Indian tenants are a miserable group of people. This explains why 70% of Indians demand a comprehensive rental housing policy to settle the grey area. But what is the tenancy law? Without further ado, allow me to walk you through the ins and outs of the new tenancy law. The Act, whose first draft was released in 2019, was approved on 2nd June 2021 and is expected to create huge swirls in the real estate industry. Well, by definition, this law can be explained as an act which aims at creating a vibrant, sustainable and inclusive rental housing market in the country. The act will enable institutionalization of rental housing by gradually shifting it towards the formal market and aims to cater the needs of both tenants and landlords to facilitate unlocking of vacant houses for rental housing purposes. The court order approved by the Union Cabinet majorly outlines the specifications regarding the tenancy agreement, 
rent, rights and obligations of the landlord along with those of the tenant, eviction and recovery of possession of premises and rental authorities. This law is expected to be very helpful for both tenants and landlords. For example, landlords marching into one's premises as and when they want is a common complaint among those living in rented homes. To stop this from happening, the policy states that the landlords need to give a written notice 24 hours in advance to visit the premises. They can also not make a visit before 7am and after 8pm. Furthermore, in cities like Mumbai and Bangalore, tenants have to pay at least a year's rent as a security deposit. Landlords in states that adopt the policy would not be able to ask for more than two months of rent as a security deposit. The law also helps regulate increase in rentals by landlords. During the entire rent agreement period, landlords cannot hike the rent unless something giving them the right to do so has been clearly mentioned in the rental agreement. The landlords will also have to give three months notice to the tenant before increasing the rent. Moreover, while the policy states that both parties will be responsible to maintain the physical health of the rented property, the responsibility of structural maintenance will lie on the landlord. Another common complaint is addressed in this law which where essential services cannot be withheld by the landlord. This includes water, power and pipe, cooking gas supply, common area lighting, lifts, parking, communication and sanitary links. If the landlord does so, the rent authority can give orders to restore it immediately. On the other hand, this act will also certainly help in providing security for the landowners. Firstly, it discourages the overstay of tenants as the policy states that the tenants would be liable to pay the landlords double the rent for two months and four times the rent in the consequent months in case they stay after the expiry of the rental agreement. It also makes eviction of such defaulters easier as under the model policy. Landlords could approach the rent court asking for eviction if the tenants fail to pay the rent for two months in a row. Furthermore, it stops the age-old practice of illegally subletting the properties by tenants as without prior permission of the landlord. The tenant is not eligible to sublet whole or part of the rented accommodation. Additionally, it takes into account the updated values of the land and property instead of insisting that landowners abide the rent charges which were set decades ago. As well thought as this law is, you must be wondering how it plans to tackle the inevitable disputes amongst the two parties. To put your mind at ease, the Model 10C Act has created a three-tier structure for resolving the possible issues which could arise amongst the two parties. If a dispute emerges between the owners and the tenant, they will first have to approach the rent authority. In case any party is not satisfied with the rent authority, they could approach the rent court, followed by a final decision of the rent tribunal. But as we know, there is no law or system which is absolutely flawless in nature. Even though it seems very thorough and is prepared for all possible situations in theory, the model has some issues when it comes to practical implementation. The biggest one being the fact that the Union Cabinet has only approved a model and can only suggest, not force the states to use it. As land is a state subject and hence states are free to accept or reject the model policy which has been in the works since the NDA first formed the government in 2014. Since the rules are not binding, states would hardly be in a hurry to embrace it. Not many states would show the willingness to adopt the policy as it involves a great deal of work on their part. Even if states set up the regulatory framework, developers may not be willing to engage in this housing segment, despite the fact that they are sitting on an inventory stock worth Rs 1.13 trillion. This is because rental yield, which ranges typically between 2-3% to annually, is not lucrative enough. In contrast, developers have to pay interest ranging 
between 12 to 14% on loans for project development. The Model Tenancy Act does not address the issue of low rental yields. Hence, one may witness a scenario where builders may be reluctant to build houses for the rental segment, but may use their inventory stock for rentals. Regardless, this law can help equip the landowners and tenants with the necessary tools to protect themselves and their properties. That being said, let's hope that the state understands how helpful the new tenancy law could be and institutionalize it as soon as possible. We look forward to the new Model Tenancy Act being accepted and embraced by all states with open arms. That's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening in to Brick by Brick with your host, Tanvir. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all there is to know about the Model Tenancy Law. If you're keen to know more about the construction and real estate industry in India, don't forget to tune in next week for a brand new and exciting episode. You can also head over to our website constructionworld.in to sign up for more updates. See you next week. Mm-hmm.